inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Yes, it is true. I am he. You are you. The time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Boy, so much to talk about today. Uh, and, you know, I, I reminded the Mel's, uh, Mel Brooks show, the, the movie, The History of the World, where it's in the, uh, the, the age of the kings, if you will, <laughs> the Renaissance. And he runs around and the girl's bent over and he pinches her butt and goes, boop, it's good to be king. It's good to be king. You know, sometimes it's good to be king. You know, I'm a big fish in a very, 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 very small pond. And there's a line in my backyard waiting to get me. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I love the life I live. I live a unique life. It's totally different. It's unorthodox. It's a manna diet. Uh, it's not scheduled. Uh, I'm working when a lot of people are sleeping. I'm working when a lot of people are having fun. There are sometimes I'm sleeping when some people are working. You know, I make myself available 24-7. I do most things that I do I don't make a penny for. Uh, and I have money in my account, and I give it away. Yep, I uh, see a need, I meet a need. I figure Jehovah Jireh is my God, he'll provide. And so uh, I'm constantly learning, constantly helping, constantly reaching out, uh, constantly uh, reinforcing and rebuilding. And uh, this radio show is really an extension of what I've done in the classroom for 30 years, what I've done in the, the field of life for 30 years. And so on this radio show, it gives me a chance to just uh, just talk and just uh, think with you because we don't have great thinkers anymore. We, America was known for great thinkers, uh, people who just thought, who considered things, who laid out concepts, who talked about logical reasoning, common sense. Um, and it, it just doesn't seem like we have that anymore. Everything's hatred and bitterness and racist and power and control and you will do as I say or you will not live. I mean, like, ah, right? So this week we've been talking about some deep stuff, man, about, uh, you know, I hear you. Are you, are you aware uh, of the voice in your head? Are you aware of the programming that's going on 24-7? Are you aware of the uh, the thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day? Are you aware of the hurting people right in front of you? Are you aware uh, of the fake people right in front of you? Are you aware of your own shortcomings? Are you aware that you're just a hurting person a lot of times, just responding to that hurt and then hurting other people? See, if you're not aware, then you just keep doing it. But once you become aware, uh, now there's come some responsibility. You know, at a certain point in your life, you're not really responsible in God's eyes for your choices. But there becomes an age where now you're responsible, and we don't know exactly what that age is. Maybe it's 8 years old, maybe it's 13 years old. And we're talking about your, your choices, your moral feelings, stuff like that. And today, I, I want to really keep hitting the theme that we've been talking about all week, if you think about it. It's really understanding. See, because if I can understand you a little bit better, and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't it make sense we're in a position to have a better relationship? And yesterday we were talking about understanding the patterns, and, and it's I really went to an, uh, a something that's going on in America that's destroying this country, and, and really, in essence, it's destroying us individually. 
Uh, and I always take something either globally and take it locally or locally and take it globally. And, and what I mean by let, let me give you a story. I'll, some of you don't understand what I say when I'm talking that way. So let me give you a story. There's a story about a Chinese general. This Chinese general had a noble cause. He wanted to change the world. So as they sat down and figured out how he was going to change the world, he had to realize he had to start with his own country since he had authority there. As he sat down to figure out how he was going to change his own country, he realized he had to first start with his own community since he and his families were the pillars of that community. As he sat down to figure out how he was going to change his community, he realized he had to focus on the pillars of that community, his family. As he sat down to figure out how he was going to change his family, he came to the dawning realization that he couldn't change anybody. That the only one person he could change was the man in the mirror, was himself. And as he changed himself, that would then cause or affect change in his family. And that change in his family would affect change in his community. And that change in his community would affect change in his country. And that, ladies and gentlemen, just might change the world. Who are you run around, running around wanting to save, wanting to fix, wanting to make better? Well, the only person you can truly do that for is yourself. Remember, for about 200 years, the majority of the world has wanted to be like America. And now, somehow, over the last 12, 14, 15 years, there's been this big shift. Now, we want to become like the rest of the world. And now, what about you? Are you living your life in such a way that everybody wants to be like you? Or are you living your life to be like everybody else? See, that's how you take something from personally to globally. So you take a big picture to a minute picture. It's called meta. You meta it backwards. And then you magnify it. Sometimes it's exaggeration, but exaggeration is a great debating technique. It's illustrative. It makes a point. And sometimes you need big points to see those points. And that's what metaphors and analogies are about and for. And so we've been talking about understanding. We've been talking about uh, understanding what's going on in our own head, the voices that we're listening to, the programming. And we're talking about what's going on in America with this thing called presentism, which is the tendency to interpret past events in terms of modern values and concepts. And, and it's wrong for a lot of reasons, but why it's wrong personally and globally is we never get beyond the past. We're constantly relitigating the past. It's improper, it doesn't right. And, and not only that, more importantly, and where I'm going to focus on today, is it skews. It skews the map of reality. See, the key is the map of reality. You know, I do a lot of training all over the country. And uh, I do a lot of life coaching, life caddy work. And I'm just uh, connecting with this one lady who went through my training. She's been on the radio. She wants to hire me as a life caddy. So I'll walk with her once a week. We'll talk together. We'll walk together. And I'll help her implement everything she did in her class and then take her life to another level and be readily available for whatever she needs as she's playing this game called life. And so she lives in California and I live in Texas. So as we're coordinating our weekly time that we're set aside, it's her time and my time together, time to caddy together. It's really important that we get in the same time zone. See, because she's in Pacific time zone and I'm in Central time zone. So if she says, hey, let's talk Monday at nine. And then I pick up my phone and I call her Monday at nine. She's not going to answer the phone. Do you know why? Because nine o'clock in Texas is different than 9 o'clock 
in San Diego. And see, I've got to get in her standard time zone, or she's got to get into my standard time zone so we can connect. And that's what we're talking about. And so today, I want you to know the power of understanding. See, it's important to understand that people can have different perspectives. And it's these perspectives that frame our personal understanding of the issues at hand. It is also important to understand what your wants, needs are from every interaction. And when you add all this together, your understanding of the patterns around you to this other understanding, you then become the most powerful element in the system. And today, during this hour of power, I want to complete this week's conversation. And today we're calling the show WV equals M-O-R. It's a mathematical equation. World view is your map of reality. And today you're going to realize the map of reality is what matters. And if you're going to truly connect with someone, you're going to truly understand someone, you've got to get in their time zone. You've got to get in their map of reality. You've got to understand their worldview. You don't have to agree with it. Because we can also call it a narrative, a frame, a life script. It's a mantra. It's the frame through which you see and respond to everything in your life. And if you don't understand it exists, and you don't understand the worldview, the map of reality, if you can't step into that with that other person and establish rapport, then you're just a clanging symbol. You're just a banging gong. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about WV equals M-O-R. If you want more... We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the radio show, Like It Matters. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And man, what a, what a week. So much going on. And, you know, life is a, is a battlefield. Uh, you know, and if you read the good book, and I do, uh, man, Paul uses uh, euphemisms, uh, you know, sayings all the time to do with uh, fight, you know, fight the good fight, to put on the, the, the armor of God, uh, you know, to it, lots of those metaphors, analogies, because it is a battle out there. You know, life is an undulating line. It has highs and lows. It has peaks and it has valleys. And we're dealing with people who are hurting. I've never seen so many hurting people ever, but 
it's strange because as long as Donald Trump's not president, no one seems to matter. That's just crazy. You've been so programmed, America's been so programmed to hate this man, that as long as he's not in office, uh, no matter how bad things are, it's okay. I just don't get that. Uh, and if things get too bad and people start focusing on how bad things are, then they just bring up something to trash Trump. And if they can say he's a corrupt, uh, he's corrupt, he's a crook, he can, it's just sad. You know, we're, we're, we're living in a, a Wawa world uh, and I want to get you out of it you don't have to so you don't have to participate in that you don't have to be like the earth dwellers you can be different and and what allows a difference is understanding see we're called to be a peculiar people uh, that's what the word holy means you know holy means to be set apart but holy also means to be distinct Amen. You know, it's distinct, like I am, like the, the guy in the studio pushing the amen button. <laughs> you know, we're, we're distinct. We're different. You know, most people won't hang out with us, right? Right? <laughs> so, but embrace that distinctness. Embrace that difference. And don't crap all over someone who's different. Love on them. And love's not a feeling. Love's a verb. For God so loved the world, he did something about it. For you so love your spouse, you do something about it. For you so love your kids, you do something about it. For you so love your country, you do something about it. Why do you say you love me and do not keep my commandments, Jesus said. If you love me, you would do this. And what did he say you would do? You would listen to me. Don't you hear the verbs all throughout that? There are so many verbs and very few nouns. You know, we don't know our own language. We're so wrapped up in pronouns. We should be wrapped up in prepositions. Right? You need to know who you're closest to. You need to know what gate you're walking through. You need to where you're, know where you're going to. It's really not that important where you came from. But the world wants to tell you to focus on where you came from. It really doesn't matter where you came from. What matters is where you're going. Get your eyes in the right direction, people. You're being played, players. You're focusing on all the wrong things. The good Lord put the eyes in the front of our face because we look in the direction of our focus and we focus in the direction of our movement. The two are tied together. If the devil can distract you and keep you, your focus in your past, to keep you on feeling sorry for yourself, to keep you in victim mode, to take all your hurt and all your pain that you've experienced like I've experienced and to use like a magnifying glass and focus it on one person, Donald Trump, or focus on one group of people called Republicans or focus on white people or focus on black people or focus on transgender people or focus on, right? It's a focus issue, people. It's always been. And that's what we're talking about today with WV equals MOR. It's a mathematical equation. And when you can understand this mathematical equation, this understanding is really the beginning of learning. Remember, there's a four-step process called learning. And there's four steps in the learning process. There's unconscious inc incompetence at the beginning of learning. And what unconscious incompetence means is you don't know that you don't know. So think about this. Just the act of knowing that you don't know, you're already learning something. So once you understand that there are multiple maps of reality, that there are multiple worldviews, see, that's why presentism is so wrong. 
Presentism is the tendency to interpret past events in terms of modern values and concepts. Again, in literary and historical analysis, presentism is the anachronistic. Now, I'm a weirdo, remember? I'm distinct. I'm peculiar. So when I see this word anachronistic, I'm like, I think I know what that means, but I'm not sure. And so what I did is I actually looked it up, and here's what it means. Anachronistic is a chronological inconsistency in some arrangement, especially a juxtaposition of people, events, objects, languages, terms, and customs from different time periods. And anachronism may be either intentional or unintentional. Intentional anachronisms may be introduced into a literary or artistic work to help a contemporary audience engage more readily with a historical period. Anachronism can also be used intentionally for purposes of rhetoric, propaganda, listen, propaganda, comedy, or shock. Unintentional anachronisms may occur when a writer, artist, or performer is unaware of differences in technology, terminology, and language, customs, attitudes, you hear this? Or even fashions between different historical periods and eras. Now, many modern historians, many Modern historians for decades, for centuries, for millennia, have sought to avoid presentism in their work. Why? Because they consider a form of cultural bias, right? Nobody has a bias, right? Everybody's so even open-minded, right? It's cultural bias. They believe it created a distorted understanding of their subject matter. They were given a false image. They were get, weren't getting the truth from it when you use pre, uh, presentism. The practice of presentism is regarded by some as a common fallacy when writing about the past. Even historian David Hackett Fisher identified presentism as a fallacy. Remember I talked about this yesterday, the fallacy of nuk-protunk. I don't know what that means, but that's pretty cool. I'm going to learn this. Nuk-protunk. That's cool. And he wrote a classic example of that called Whig History, and it was about the 18th, 19th century British historians who wrote history in a way that used the past to validate their own political beliefs. Now listen, this interpretation was pre-presentist because it did not depict the past in objective historical context. That's what's wrong with it. But instead viewed history only through the lens of contemporary set of beliefs. This is why it's so important. You've got to understand the map of reality. To argue with someone who's coming from a totally different map of reality is useless. That's why I, I, you have to have a dictionary. And Jay Vernon McGee said it, and I loved when he said it, and so I say it now. We're all using the same language, but we're using different dictionaries. See, you've got to define the words you're talking about. And you know what? The, the bigger problem with this is we shouldn't be wrapped up in the past. The past has been written. The past is for God to decide and judge. We can't do anything about the past. But what we can do is do something different about the now. So that tomorrow is different than today. And the day after tomorrow is different than tomorrow. Today is different than yesterday. We call that change. People are working to become better and grow. People are looking to make things new. See, and if we're always looking at the past, especially with today's attitudes, could you imagine looking at yourself with your, my knowledge at 57 years old and berating myself as a 21-year-old kid? Do you realize how many stupid things I did when I was 21? Now, when I was 21, I didn't think they were stupid, but now I can see they're stupid. But that's not who I am today. So to judge me, condemn me, 
You know, at some point, there's got to be a statute of limitations on your screw-ups. At some point, you got to let your past go. At some point, you got to forgive yourself. And the problem with presentism is the past never leaves you. You're constantly relitigating the past, whether you're talking about America or you talk about yourself. See, we got to put some good stuff in us. We've got to make sure that no matter what our past was, remember, you could have investments in the stock market that in the past, if you would have invested in this year, three years later, you would have had a million dollars. Ask Hillary Clinton. She knows about some cattle futures. She knows that. She took like $1,000 and made a million dollars out of it. That was the whole Whitewater scandal was about. But it would be hard to do that daily if you're in Bitcoin and then you don't know if you can get your money if it's legitimate or not, right? So it's a form of presentism. Past performance does not dictate future performance. And that's a graceful thing. By the grace of God, we're not defined by our past. Now, if you're still doing what you were doing in the past, then it's not your past, it's your present. But there has been time elapsed from things that you did. I did a lot of things I'm not proud of. I deal with a lot of people in the psychological realm. A lot of people have done things in the past they're not proud of. A lot of people are still abusing themselves. I talked to a listener yesterday who's going to be coming to my class December 1st through 3rd. He's struggling. He's got a professional degree, but he's struggling. He said 2002, he picked up a crack pipe. Biggest mistake of his life. In the process, he lost everything. Went through, but he got, went through school, did okay, was a functional one, did all that well. Came a, 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 a tax guy uh, and never put down the crack pipe. And then when the, 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 the whole uh, abuse of the, uh, the Catholic priest was going on, he was abused as he, when he was younger. And so he named, added his name to the legislation. And he told me, you know, it only happened one time, and I don't know what damage it did to me, but, you know, I'll be honest with you, I kind of signed up for the money, because it did happen. And he always said to me, he said, I got a big settlement in like 18 or 19, and I smoked the whole thing in a crack pipe. Whole thing. And he's ashamed of himself, and he's working to be better. It's not who he is today. He's working to overcome. And he felt broken and ashamed. I'm talking to this man who's going to be 60 years old soon. And he, he was breathing heavy and a little positive emotion, ready to cry to a stranger on the phone. This is my world. This is my map of reality. This is my worldview. This is why we got to put good stuff in, because when life squeezes us, and it will, this is why I help people. I help a lot of people. I don't care what bed they share or who they share it with. I don't care what bathroom they use. I don't care what they wear when they're in the closet. I see a need. I meet a need. That's my worldview. That's my map of reality. And after the break, we're going to go into how do you understand someone else's map of reality. We'll be right back. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. 
Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and we are back. W-V equals M-O-R. Keep it simple, soldier. World view equals map of reality. You could call it narrative. You can call it uh, frame. You can call it life script. You can call it whatever you want, but it is the key to connecting with people. You know, one of my favorite stories, I've told it many times, it's a, it's a funny story. It was about a couple that had two children, you know, and the, the, the parents were, they were worried. They were very extreme personalities. Uh, if you have kids, you know that they can be different, but these two kids were totally extreme. One was a, a total pessimist. Uh, everything was bad. Everything's broken. Everything's going to go wrong. And the other one's a total optimist. Everything's good. Everything's great. Everything's going to get better. Uh, and their parents were just, just blown away by the extremes of these two individuals. And so their parents took them to a psychiatrist to see what they could do to help them, maybe level them out. Because we all know in today's political world that extremism is bad, right? So the first, uh, first the psychiatrist treated the pessimist. Let's start with the negative one because if I can get some headwind with this one, uh, man, it'll give me some confidence to work with the optimist. So a uh, psychiatrist worked with the, the negative nilly, if you will, the pessimist. So wanting to brighten this young child's outlook, the psychiatrist took him to a room piled to the ceiling with brand new toys. I mean, every toy that a kid could ever want. I mean, shiny objects, spinning things, sound things, lights, everything. Man, I mean, even the the psychiatrist, a grown man, got kind of excited looking in this room. But the boy didn't respond that way. He didn't yelp with delight. Matter of fact, the little boy burst into tears. The, The psychiatrist looked at him just stunned, like perplexed. He said, what's the matter? Do you want, don't you want to play within these toys? And the little boy replies, yes, yes. But if I did, I'd only break them. And at some point I'll have to leave and someone else will play with them. And it's so bad. All right. It's welcome to Joe Biden's America, right? <laughs> right. There we are. So, but, so the guy just wow, shook his head like this. is Wow. This one's going to be a lot more work. Let me, let me put this one away. Why don't you just sit here and cry a little bit in the room and I'll be back because I'm, let me go work with the, uh, the optimist. I need a kick in the pants. I need a, a boost, you know? So the psychiatrist then went to treat the optimist, the other boy. So wanting to dampen his outlook pretty easy with where he just came from. The psychiatrist took him to a room piled to the ceiling with nothing but horse manure. I mean, it was everywhere. It stunk. It was all over. So he opens the door and invites the little boy in. And the little boy goes ape 
you know what? I can't say because I'm on the radio, <laughs> right? He goes crazy. He doesn't wrinkle his nose in disgust. And instead, he actually admitted the, the yelp, the delight that the psychiatrist had been hoping to hear from his brother, the pessimist. He clambered, climbed all his way, kept sliding down, but climbed all this horse poop to the top of the pile, dropped to his knees, and he began gleefully digging. He was like a dog digging for a lost bone he hadn't eaten in a week. And he was digging out scoop after scoop with his bare hands. And now the, the, the psychiatrist is even more perplexed. He goes, what do you think you're doing? And with all, <laughs> and the, the optimist said such a great line. The little boy replied, with all this manure, there must be a pony in here somewhere. See, that's a map of reality. That's a worldview. That's why, you know, Christian D. Larson wrote this in 1912. It's called the Optimist Creed, but it's a map of reality. It's really an optimist worldview. And it's a big, bold dream. It says, promise yourself. To be so strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind. Promise yourself to talk health, happiness, and prosperity to every person meet. Promise yourself to make all your friends feel there is something in them. Promise yourself to look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true. Promise yourself to think only of the best, to work only for the best, and to expect of others only the best. Promise yourself to be as enthusiastic about the success of others as you are about your own. Promise yourself to forget the mistakes of the past and press on to the greater achievements of the future. Promise yourself to wear a cheerful countenance at all times and give every living creature you meet a smile. Promise yourself to give so much time to the improvement of yourself they have no time to criticize others. Promise yourself to be too large for worry, too noble for anger, too strong for fear, and too happy to, mit, to permit the presence of trouble. See, ladies and gentlemen, it's all with how you look at it. It doesn't matter with what happens to us. What matters is how do we respond to it? It's your worldview that dictates it. It's your map of reality. It's your narrative. It's your life script. It's those thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day. It's that information overload, those 34 gigabytes of data every day that come through your head and heart. You know, in James 1, James talks about this. James was Jesus' half-brother. Uh, and, and James, and James, one of my favorite books in the Bible is James. It was one of the first uh, books of the New Testament written, if you don't know that. James, it says this, James 1, Dear brother and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider an opportunity for great joy. Did you hear that? What are you smoking, James? When troubles of any kind come your way, what? Consider an opportunity for great joy? What are you talking about, dude? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. See, that's a narrative. That's a frame. It's kind of like you've heard before. There are those type of people. You're either a glasses half full or a glasses half empty sort of guy, right? You ever hear those type of things? Right? You always want to put people in two camps. And by the way, if you want to pick two camps, and I believe that's fair, because when God gives us choices, if you look at it, he only gives us two. He never gives us more than two. Go to Deuteronomy 30, 15. 
To this day, I ask you to choose. Today, choose. Who will you follow? Will you follow the God of Israel or the lesser gods of the world? Will you choose life or death, blessing or curse, light or darkness, narrow path or wide path? You know, just like this, basically, for the common person, not for everybody, there are more, but for the common person like me, there are two operating systems for computers out there. There's a Windows operating system, and there's a Macintosh, Apple operating system, iOS, whatever they call it, right? And you know you have to have totally different software, and they have different functions that they're better at, a PC versus Apple, right? You know that. But can I suggest to you that they're really, when we're talking about worldviews, talking about maps of reality, can we also call them, in all fairness, a nice metaphor, a nice analogy, an operating system? If you understand the concept of an operating system, an Apple's iOS, Apple's operating system, and a, a, a regular operating system that we use for Windows, can I suggest... You either have a GOS or an FOS. You either have a God operating system or have a flesh operating system. And see, it's totally different. Because if you have a God operating system, then you know that this is just the minor leagues. That we were not made for this world. That we are strangers on a sojourn. That we are ambassadors in chains. That we are foreigners in a strange land. That this is not our home. That this is getting ready for our work. To me, this is like school. School gets you ready for your life. This is school. This is getting us ready for our eternal life. God didn't make us for this. God made us for what's about to happen, for what's about to come. See, God started in the Garden of Eden. He wanted his, his heavenly family, his sons of God spiritually, and his sons of God flesh to walk together, to work together, to worship together to govern together. And that was disrupted. We got kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And then God said, okay, get away from me. I'll let you, you'll, you'll do better if we're not together. Then he saw how wicked man was. And then five chapters later, he destroyed the whole earth, minus eight. And he said, okay, I'll start over. Here's a rainbow. I'll never destroy the earth again, a flood. And then four chapters later, Genesis 11, he basically disinherits all the nations. He's so disappointed, comes down at Babel and scatters everybody spreads them out, changes their language, wants to break them apart. And then from that point on, he's been working to bring us back to the Edenic, the Edenic vision, back to the garden. Why else would we need the new Jerusalem after the millennial rule, after a thousand year rule on this planet? Why would the new Jerusalem need to come down? Don't you get it? Because that brings us back to the Garden of Eden. It's fulfilled. It's fully fulfilled, full round circle. That's why the new Jerusalem must come down after the millennial rule, after a thousand year rule on this planet. This will then be melted. So for all you Christians wanting to save the planet, you might want to read the book of Revelation chapter 20. Because God's going to melt this puppy. Now it's a thousand seven years plus whatever that little bit till that seven year of the great tribulation. But see, you got to understand the world operating system. There, we talk about all these race wars. There, there's only one race. This is a human race. But if you truly want to make it real that there are two races, here's the two races. The redeemed and the unredeemed. The saved and the lost. The screwed up people who know they need a savior and the screwed up people who think they are their own savior. There's, there's your two races. But there's a lot of different maps of reality. 
a race doesn't create a reality, map reality. It's that person that you're talking to that's in front of you that's creating the map reality. So you want to get out of your map reality and step into their map reality. In order to do that, you've got to understand their map reality. You've got to get outside yourself. You can't make it about you. Remember, rule number one about being a leader, it's not about you. Get off yourself, leader. So you've got to identify the person. You've got to be aware of what are their, where are they coming from. What is their map reality? How do they process? How do they take information? What is the pain from their past? What do they want from this? Can you get their focus forward on some hope and hopefulness versus in the past and helplessness and hope, hopelessness? So today on Like It Matters Radio, stay tuned because after the break, I'm going to give you some tools that you can use to connect with people. We'll be right back. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive professional communication training to to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before and it's there's nothing like it there's 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 no way to explain it with words you have to experience it leadership awakening change your heart change your mind change your life go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next leadership awakening it's not only changing lives it's saving lives that's likeitmatters.net slash schedule Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio, living live like it matters. And, uh, man, we are two weeks away from our next class in Las Vegas. Man, please pick up the phone, email me, call the station, say, I need to get in that black guy's class because uh, Leadership Awakening will change your life. Man, with all the darkness, with all the confusion, with all the negativity going on, Man, you need to be cleaning up your stinking thinking. You need to be really, uh, really working on your own personal thinking and working on uh, your heart because we shut down our heart. We guard our heart. We shut it off and turn it down. And uh, we got to be aware of that. So uh, go to likeitmatters.net. Get your button class. Uh, it'll change your life, I promise you. Uh, and then you have me on the radio every day to keep it going, to reinforce it. We can. Uh, it's. It's. It, what are you waiting for? There's nothing to wait for. Uh, October 13th and 15th in Las Vegas. November 10th through 12th in Dallas, Fort Worth. And then our last class of the year will end it in the beautiful Twin Cities. I'll come up there, Minneapolis, uh, do a class, and then spend a week up there, hopefully do some uh, the 4 p.m. show on our sister station as well. Uh, you know, we've been talking about a lot of things this week, but the, this word presentism keeps coming up. You know, presentism is an attitude toward the past dominated by present-day attitudes and experiences. And, you know, I, I want to share a couple stories. So I was going to go into some structure, some teaching, if you will, but I'll do that in another show. I do it on lots of shows. And if you want some of that from me, call me up. I'll give it to you one-on-one. But uh, I want to finish a thought here because uh, I don't think I've really, in three shows, really made my thought effective or clear enough because this presentism is what it's causing us to destroy America, destroy our past. Uh, it's an attitude toward the past dominated by present-day attitudes and experiences. But this is also what happens to us as people. This is why I want to take it globally to personally. This is why it's so important because it's a pattern. 
and you if you can't see it in yourself and you can't see it in the country, you're in trouble. Maybe if you see it in the country, you can then see it in yourself. Maybe you see it in yourself, then you can see it in the country. I don't know, but I'm, I want to give you eyes to see and ears to hear. I want to illuminate this, shine some light on it, because it's right in front of you, but it's dark and you're missing it. It's right here. By the time a child is five years old, a majority of their map of reality, their MOR is in place. That's the basic structure of their beliefs about life, who they are, their value in life, their family, what does it mean, all that stuff. This is why, by the way, the Bible says to train up a child in the way of the Lord and they will not depart. That's what Proverbs 22, 6 says, right? See, if you have a foundation in place, that's why what you put in when they're young really matters. I mean, that's why when, you know, when Jesus predicts uh, uh, Peter's denial. You know, uh, you know, he's getting ready to go to the cross. He goes, Simon, Simon, Satan had asked to sift each you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, see, God already knows he's going to walk away from him. See, he has omniscience. It's all perfect knowledge. God cannot learn anything or be, he wouldn't be God. He, omniscience is perfect knowledge. And see, my point is, Peter made a lot of mistakes, let's be honest. Peter took two steps in the water, then he sunk. We go, what a moron Peter is. Peter's the only one that got out of the boat, people. So easy to criticize the dude, the only one who got out of the boat, who did take a couple steps in a stormy, dark night in the middle of a deep ocean or a deep waterway. Right? Yeah, it's easy to criticize from your bench, from your warm couch, right? But we've all made mistakes. He cut off the ear of uh, one of the Roman soldiers, Right? And Jesus was disappointed in him. And Jesus, uh, he told Jesus, you're not going to wash my feet. Then Peter, you have nothing to do with me. Okay, then wash all my body. Oh, Peter, you don't need to wash the whole body. Ah, sometimes you just want to slap Peter around, don't you? <laughs> but Peter loved, loved, loved Jesus. And see, David screwed up. I mean, he slept with Bathsheba. He got Uriah killed. It cost him so much, cost the kingdom so much. But that's how God remembers him. See, if we're constantly relitigating our past, it never is our past. Not only do we, is it dishonest, not only does it create a cultural or a mental bias, if you will, but it's a lie. That's not who you are. Those are some things you did back there. Maybe some people you hurt. Maybe some things you're not proud of. But if you're still doing them, they're not back there. Do you got my point? If you're still doing them, they're, st they're not your past. They're your present. I'm really talking about things from your past. See, that's why I follow after God. See, hope is always a forward direction. And what's happening in our homes, what's happening in our heads, what's happening in our hearts, what's happening in America is there's a lack of hope. People don't connect with each other anymore. People are so busy proving everybody else wrong. And we've got to get outside of our own map reality. We've got to understand people. That's to understand their map reality, understand their worldview, understand where they're coming from. You don't need to agree with it. That's the essence of building rapport. And that's how you have new relationships. That's how you have new hope. That's why I fall after God. It's all about newness. I mean, Isaiah 43, 19, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not, do you not perceive it? I'm making way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Second Corinthians 5, 17, one of my favorite verses. 
Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. Revelation 21.5, when Jesus come back on the throne, he says, Behold, I make all things new. You have a new beginning every chance. I don't care what that relationship is. I don't care what that heartbreak is. None of that matters, but you got to understand people and you got to be out there. What's your map reality? What's your worldview? I see a need. I meet a need. I know this is just the practice ground. This is not the world. I know that nothing another man does to me can I hold a grudge against because God says love keeps no record of wrong. Love remembers not those indiscretions. We forget those. God says what he does with our sins is he takes them as far as the east is from the west. He puts them in the deepest part of the ocean. He forgets them. And our job is to relieve ourselves from the, the chains of the past. Things have done to us. Things we've done. If that's not who we are today... If you've got to ask for forgiveness, then do that. But you've got to break those chains. You've got to break those ties. And one way to do it is understand people's map of reality. And understand that just because someone has a different map of reality doesn't make it your problem. See, I see a need and I meet a need. So I meet a lot of people. I, I deal with a lot of people. I go to Sturgis every year. I do my training. I'm out and about and ask for divine appointments. Uh, and so I have a lot of people that I've never personally met that I send scripture to, that I minister to, that I counsel. And so one of these guys was a guy named Eric Thomas. He's a he's a young man in, uh, I think he's in New York, New Jersey area. Uh, his uh, uncle was in a bad place. Someone had introduced me to uncle and he was lost and abandoned. I had to help, I got to help his uncle, Uncle Billy. Uh, and Eric and I built a relationship and I sent him texts every day and I've never met him. Uh, he, we shared about our pain. He's a, he's a, he's a young black man who looks white. So he's kind of a guy that he doesn't look black, but he's doesn't look white. So he's kind of never fit in, but he doesn't see racism. He doesn't think he, I'm a white guy. He's a, supposedly black i don't know what he looks like but we love each other we're brothers and we when he's struggling we talk and we encourage each other and so when i was praying yesterday god told me to reach out to him so i said hey brother uh god put you on my heart i'm calling uh to check on you and sent by god the father so i called him left a message and then i sent a text so i didn't hear from him so yesterday i got this text thank you so much scott today's the 20-year anniversary of my father's passing he was 50 years old at the time. I'm a bit under the weather and I'm a bit spiritually exhausted as well. It's been a day of reflection for sure. I still miss him like it was yesterday. I really appreciate you reaching out to me, exclamation point. Now me, I sent back my heartaches for you, brother. God told me to reach out to you to yesterday. Now it makes sense why he put you on my heart. Just know this, Eric. Your dad loves you and is proud of you and what you become. Know your daddy in heaven holds all your tears in his hand. He loves you more than anyone else. I'm here, my brother and friend. And then today he sent me back this text. Thank you, brother, three exclamation points. Yesterday's text you sent hit home as well. Love you, man, three exclamation points. And then I got this, uh, this word. I, uh, I support three orphanages in Africa, or I did. 
Uh, I've had to let two of them go. I've built a house and uh, built property. I've been supporting them for three years, and just we haven't been getting the donations. Money's real tight, so I've had to let uh, two of them go. Still working with one of them, Kawuki. We're buying his property right now. I'm raising $6,500 to buy his land so we can start planting food for them so they can start being self-sustaining. And today I got a letter, a note on text from Uganda. I don't know who it's from, uh, but it said, Hello, brothers and sisters, families in Jesus Christ. We want to thank God for all the time to keep our sister Nantume Josephine, and we thank you, Lord God. Nantume has passed on to be with the Lord. So here's the woman I had to cut off. I've been helping for three years, built a home for her, $12,000 in Africa. And really a month ago, I've had to stop supporting them because we haven't had the funds. We're not getting donations. And um, she reached out to my wife and said that, um, I don't know what to go. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. And so sorry, we can't support you anymore. And today I get word that she's dead. So ladies and gentlemen, you don't know the pain someone's going through. You don't know their struggle. This is why you got to get out of your map reality. Step into other people's map reality. See a need, meet a need. You're under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, master trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.